Hello there, D&D aficionados and good peoples of the role-playing pantheon. Welcome to... Peppers from a Chimney Part 2 A Crimson Nid podcast that will journey with four wayward adventurers into the heart of the Southlands, a land of mystery and adventure, where riches and dangers await those brave enough to cross the wild expanses. My name is Stacy and my player and game master handle is Dagobah. The campaign setting is Southlands from Cobalt Press. We are using the D&D 5e rule set, and we game using Fantasy Grounds Virtual Tabletop. So, no more to be said. Let's just sit back, stay tuned, and enjoy. Welcome to session 13, and our recap from the previous session. Calm has fallen. You take a moment to gather yourself to relax, to wonder about these last couple days. Clicker lay naked in the glade, her newfound dark weave clothes drying nearby. Thorn and Norbit decide to go scouting. They enter the forest and quickly come upon footprints. Volan scavenges some wood to make a lean-to, and not to be outdone by Clicker, he tries his hand at noodling for one of those mystical weapon-giving fish, but only catches a muddy horseshoe crab. Within the forest tunnel, Norbert and Thorn encounter some light-avoiding, black-tar-leaking purple flowers. Further up, they bump into snowy white, neon-pink mushrooms that glow brightly when light touches them. And just before they turn back, they find a mound of pushed-up earth in the center of the trail. Back in the glade, Clicker starts inspecting her gear wanting to sharpen her newfound blades. She is surprised to discover her potions of grow and shrink are missing, but this is not what causes her to squawk. On all of the found gear, there is a star glyph. Thorn recognizes that this glyph looks similar to one of the glyphs on the glade's teleportation ring. And Volan, with time away from meaningless slave work and a full belly, well, Volan recalls ancient stories from his tribe and he believes that four of those glyphs represent the four fey courts. Norbit points out that two of the glyphs are the same as had been scrawled on the Underbarrow's ring, so that just leaves one glyph that remains unknown. With those discoveries, you call it a done day. Norbit and Clicker figure they'll just go to sleep, but Thorn and Volan will have none of that. There must be a watch. Grumbling and groaning about having to do a watch, Clicker's mind is fiercely active, and she notices that it's the new moon. Strange, when they'd entered the Underbarrows, it had been a full moon. Could they have been asleep in that hidden room for two weeks? Then she hears within the clicking and warbling of the night, barely perceptible voices that whisper the word, in the morning, everyone feels refreshed and strangely more hail than normal. 1d6 temporary hit points more hail to be exact. And through various means, everyone except the bleary-eyed Norbit works out that this extra health is related to the pond's water. At this point, 
the conversation turns to interspecies hookups and whether or not turtles and ravenfolk lay eggs. Packing up camp, taking the tent, you enter the tunnel. Once back at the purple, solitary, lily-looking flowers, Norbert borrows Clicker's fish rapier to take a sample of the black tar. No one is sure why he didn't use the tools within his herbalism kit to do this delicate work. And perhaps this is why he gets a dollop of the tar on his skin, and he paralyzes himself. While Thorn works out that Norbert must hold his breath to answer yes and breathe for no, Volan sees an opportunity. If this tar paralyzes, it's a form of poison. So he pulls out his poisoner's kit, and he harvests two vials of that black goo. Clicker works out a means of using a rope to pull Norbert along, but not before pushing all of his limbs and his head back into his shell. Neat. It is slow going at that point, and a couple hours pass while you drag Norbert along. You arrive at the mound just as a couple of Tuscali come into view. Time to fight. Tis a short battle. After which we see Thorn hacking off one of the Tuscali's arms. Research, he says. Another quarter mile, and you reach some tall grass, and the sounds of voices talking in Sylvan. Language that Volan understands. Friend or foe? How about we find out? Done. That last part done. It's just so emotionless. <laughs> Hurrah! Is that better? That's all right. I give it my best. Compared to the rest of it, that's all. I can continue to say, and so ends my recapitulation. Don't very often get to use that word, so makes me feel smart. I'd have to go check back at the recording. I, I didn't know I was the one that hacked off the um, the arm. I thought that was someone else, but anyway. It was me. Yeah, borrowed his battle axe and chop, chop, chopped away. No, I think that was Norbert. Someone did. It was me. Swing and miss. So what... So why do I have the arm then in my inventory? Uh, I, you wanted the arm. I did the cutting, and you were going to extract the poisonous spine from the arm. I think you knew something about Tuscali physiology that I whispered to you in a Discord channel. Some observations you'd had, and some things you'd heard in some of the different places that you lived at and some of the different scholarly scholarly type people that you perhaps listened to or perhaps spoke with. So you knew something of the Tuscali physiology. Right, okay. It's that been was a while. one of, th of three things that you had learned. Um, but that was just the one that was probably the most noticeable because when they were attacking you, they were using these to swipe at you guys. And then as they lay dying, they slowly, slowly retracted back into this arm. The other stuff, the other stuff would have probably required a bit of a disembowelment, which you decided not to do. 
So, you guys are at this three and a half foot tall grass. The breeze is coming towards you, towards you in the tunnel, and you hear some voices. Not that they are whispering, they're just talking nor normally, but clearly the sound carried a bit, and it was enough that Volan understood a bit of what they were saying. Do you remember Volan? Vaguely. <laughs> Actually, I do remember. It was two people bickering. Yep. And uh, I think they were satyrs. Uh, oofs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all coming back. There. I reshared what it was. Just from hearing something, I can't mimicry it. Right. I need to know what I'm actually doing. I can't just copy oh. the sound one by one. I would say that you probably could do a pretty good job of mimicking it, even though you have no idea what it means. I mean, okay. your mimicking of the lock opening was fairly flawless. Well, she's she's a locksmith. She's heard that sound so many times in her lifetime. Yeah. That's why she was named Clicker by the Human Society. Because she's making that sound all the time. Which became a huge reveal. Yeah. <laughs> but, let's see. Um, Clicker beckons the others to wait and tries to sneak through the grass avoiding every single grass thing, grass blade, of course not, but she's gonna try to sneak up and and just get closer to them to be able to hear and then mimic it back to the others. You're gonna listen to them speaking in Sylvan and then you're gonna mimic those sounds back to the others yes. so that they can hear it more clearly, so that Volan can hear it more clearly? Yes. Okay. That is my attempt. Sure. So that would be probably a strength check. Strength. No, I'm kidding. Of course not. Stealth, please. Okay. Okay. The loveliness of having a ridiculously high modifier. So you quietly start pushing your way ducking down or hunching down not not crawling but just keeping your your head and shoulders below the top of the grass and you move deeper into the grass so that you can see you continue to hear the two having a conversation and you are a little bit concerned about mimicking directly at that point because you're not moving in and then copying the sound as you move in. It's you're remembering it and then going to return and then mimic it, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So you move up and you move through the grass. And you get to a point where you can see two horses are standing in front of something that's hanging from a tree. They're kind of standing in front of it. 
and you move the grass about a little bit and give me a perception check. Yeah. So you see that you see that no, these are not horses. They are the back end of a horse and the front end of a human. And you, you recognize them as being centaurs, a male and a female. The male being quite large and the female still looks fierce, but definitely not as large as the male beside her. And between them, you can see that hanging from a tree is a corpse. And you recognize the corpse as being another Tuscali. Although this one looks... This one looks darker of color than the ones that you guys had encountered and slaughtered. You notice that its wings are fuller and have a dark orange color to them. And you notice that it has some spiky protrusions about its shoulder area of its exoskeleton. But otherwise, it's just covered in gore. And you can see that the male centaur is kind of standing a little bit back while the female is right up at the corpse and is cutting into the corpse and you can hear them talking okay and i assume then you would go back um yeah i think so clicker goes back to the others and repeats what she just heard and is also going to tell them about two centaurs a male and a smaller female and they were hanging from a tree the corpse does that mean it's obvious that they trap uh, they they ran into some kind of trap or is it a hanging or what did it look like or did they just prop him up to to be able to work on the body yep that's exactly what it looks like, that last one. Okay. Yeah, okay. So that is also what she tells me. Uh, give me your intelligence check to see how well you are able to mimic. I'm going to use my a one hero point. Ooh. That is plus one d6. Is that correct? Yeah, it just, if you, at the top of your character sheet if you just double click the um, uh, what is you the six just double click yeah there you go oh d8 even oh yeah you shifted it to a, a d8 so just click the d8 until it becomes a d6 again oh okay and i will Sorry. bump that back up all right do it again <laughs> of course of course now it's a one yeah so you drag and sure. drop that into the leftmost it's, the modifier at it, the bottom left and then you... What does inspiration do? Give me advantage? Yes. I'm going to use that as well. Okay. So then drop the one in the modifier box, press the advantage button, mm -hmm. and then roll your intelligence check. <laughs> Good thing. There you go. So that was a 2 and a 13. So plus 1, so 14. Or no, it added it in there. So it was a 2 yep. and a 12 that gets to 13 okay so you start mimicking these sounds that you'd heard of the conversation and volan you there's some words that she says in sylvan that you 
understand clearly are wrong because they just don't fit in but she does a pretty good job and you're able to understand well enough that they the large male is basically mansplaining or centaur mansplaining <laughs> how to basically cut into this and gut this Tuscali creature and the female is getting quite upset with his constant cut here go like this now over there they are speaking what do i know about centaurs did i counter them in in the sewers <laughs> <laughs> no the centaurs not. are not well you would know of the centaurs being from the part of the city that you were part of where I showed you on the map because you're mm -hmm. close to the plains and they tended to be some tribes that lived on the plains so you you maybe know a little bit but not a point where you would be able to use your proficiency in a role so you could give me like a nature check I suppose hmm good role all right. So you, you clearly you know they are a mix between horse and humanoid. You know that they belong, they are fae in origin. They are fierce warriors. What else might you might know with that role? Their general attitude towards others. They're also fiercely protective. And from what you know, being from the city that you are from and the location of where it is, you had thought they were strictly from the plains because you'd heard they are mostly nomadic. So here in the forest in this tunnel is a little bit odd. Unless we're in the plains. They do not sound hostile we should speak to them they could maybe provide guidance but careful uh, are you saying a, a silver tongue might be uh, helpful here I may speak with them Unless you all think otherwise. Uh, do you have a, how should I say, uh, uh, an ability to speak with them um, without uh, any trouble? I think I could accomplish the task. I'll go with I'll go with Fallen, but um, sort of not acceptance if he wants to speak with him so you're going to walk up side by side with Wolin? yeah make yourself known don't startle them i was just gonna say that <laughs> we make a lot of noise when we start moving towards uh the centaurs 
What's Norbert doing? Just hanging back. Walking the shadow one. Okay. Waker is going to sneak around. I use Minor Illusion to create a fanfare for us as we enter. A fanfare? <laughs> so what would that fanfare look like? No, it's audible. Audible only. <laughs> oh, audible fanfare. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they, they hear us coming. Like cheering cheering voices. No, no. no um, as in trumpets. No, trumpets and drums and things. Ah, I see. And Clicker, you said you were... I'm going to sneak around. I'm going to make a half circle around them and see if I can position myself in their flanks. And Your voice modulator is different. I'm, I'm super sorry. I've probably misclicked. <laughs> yep. It sounded weird and cool, though. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I have a couple of characters. <laughs> hmm. Okay, so give me a new stealth check for doing that as you try to you're trying to flank them or just stay hidden in the in the grass hidden in a flanking position okay so clicker mentions that to you guys and and you look back to uh see what norbert's doing and you know you've got your peripheral vision and, and thorn your peripheral vision is pretty damn good but none of you see as clicker fades back into the grass Funny how the first time she was, she was okay, but this time it was just like one minute she was there, next she was gone. Like invisibility, pretty damn good. Twenty-four. Jeek. So you move up closer, and your fanfare. Just about before you start your fanfare, you hear the female with a raised voice coming clear across the grass as she says, Artus, no mas. Yeah, as, as Volan walks up, his hands are kind of open and in a peaceful position. And he asks politely in Sylvan, uh, hello, we offer no harm. Do you speak the common tongue? The two horses, as you come out, uh, you find that they are turned and they're looking, uh, both of them are looking towards you as you become visible. And the female, uh, the female says, We knoweth thou art out thither. Thee might as well trotteth out fully. In old Kind of bad common. If you're looking at a particular way? They're looking directly towards uh, where you guys come into view. And the male, he stands and he's got his shoulders squared and he's... Who is it dares to approach the domain of Sire Elmtwinkle? For thee beest full, so yonder can slice thee down to size. Mine own pike did hungers for Augusta blood. His common is pretty shitty. Uh, oh, well, now, we're, we're not uh, after any sort of uh, uh, combat. We're, we're here to um, uh, break the bread, as it were, and, and, and greet each other. And I try and step out uh, in the open. So with your fanfare, 
and with Volan speaking in Sylvan, uh, I will let you guys decide to either one rolls with advantage or you roll t together. What are we rolling? Oh, uh, could be you tell me if this is persuasion or performance. I'm happy to go with persuasion. Do you want to roll separately or? Yeah. Uh, up to you. You tell me what you want. <laughs> I'll, I'll go advantage persuasion. Okay. You got it. In the tower. All right. So, with Volan coming out and speaking and Sylvan to to in clearly uh, ask for a common language, and with your audible fanfare, and Norbert coming up behind, Clicker remains unseen. The large male he flourishes his pike and puts it uh, point back downward, and the female she reslings her longbow back across her chest and they indicate for you to come forward and as you come forward the female kind of looks between you thorn and you volan kind of trying to take a look at the norbert who's walking behind and she says Wherefore doth it not weareth rose? What is it? Tis not fay. Tis like a toad. Ugly. <laughs> Pretty behold its eyes. It's done touched the umbra lily. How stupid. Volan laughs getting the joke. <laughs> well, uh, listen. Um, he was trying to uh, experiment and uh, got it wrong. Yes, uh, I know he uh, made a mistake, but, uh, you know, uh, don't put it uh, against him. The male looks you up and down, and he's like, Adventurers! And he looks at you, Thorn, and he points at you. You lead them to find the Dwarven. And he spits on the ground. Treasures from the ruins of Hadelheim. Uh, do I know where Hadelheim is? Uh, give me. Oh, it would be common knowledge. Uh, everyone knows the story of the ancient dwarven city. It was a famous city that centuries ago uh, collapsed. It, it, it was in the the jungles of Kush to the south of Nuria Natal and uh, it was in the location where the famous or infamous creature called the Green Walker was born and where that place was born was the location of the dwarven capital city and with that creature's birth the city fell into a huge and deep sinkhole so it is a common thing that people know the the story of the dwarven capital city and after which the dwarves all moved off to some other land that may may or may not be common knowledge you might know it from some of your studies thorn but you do know that uh, everyone would know the name of Huddleheim. 
Okay. Uh, we are not necessarily uh, looking into Hadelheim. Um, we're just but humble travelers uh, trying to find our way. Your way where? Oh, safety mainly. And the, uh, the, the male or the female looks at you for a bit, Thorn, and she says, You can't fool me. I see that bulge. You're trying to hide in your pants. See that what, sorry? The bulge. The thing that you, you, you kind of, uh, I apparently, you don't like to show your tail. Oh, right. Um, oh, I, yeah. Well, um, uh, pardon me, ma'am, but uh, uh, I am not one to uh, show off my um, infernal lineage. It's uh, uh, a difficult thing for me, so I try to hide it as much as possible. You make deal with albinos? Uh, no. Um, I had uh, a, a strange upbringing, but uh, I made no deals. The male looks over to the female and he's, he's, uh, he says to her, Odito, you think they are from ashen bats no color is wrong and she kind of looks at at at, uh, at the large male and she's like maybe spies for unholy walker how well would we know about the, the walker by the way oh that'd be another thing that would be common knowledge because Everyone has been told of how the the walker was causing the jungles uh, to the south to expand uh, a lot, and then a a large group of druids uh, came to do battle with the walker and put it in some kind of um, some form of suspended animation. But it wasn't; it's not completely or fully. It it hasn't moved in in years. And there is a lot of ambivalence of the people of, of the people who live in the jungles of Kush because the worry and concern of the walker, because it's not just the walker, but the walker creates beings. And th- those things are, are pretty well known is that the walker was causing the expansion of the jungle and it was through the creation of minions. But what kind of minions? That might be a little bit more. Just the general idea of what the walker is doing is is common knowledge and that it was stopped by druids from uh, many lands uh so um pardon my ignorance but um i get the feeling uh, that uh, we have found our way in the uh, jungles of kush would that be correct You are in the forest of Grandma Elmpwinkle. But yes, jungle Yawajaga, we say, not Kush. Wrong name. 
uh, I apologize, Yawachaka. Um, and how, how, would I know of the cities nearby, like um, Sud, uh, Seidu or Kanjar? Yeah, the, the cities are fairly well known um, because there is a, a very common, what do you call it, trade route that goes through the jungles and it passes through those those cities there uh, i wouldn't i'd call them more of villages than cities really the only city of a sort in in the jungles of kush is the capital which is the nangui and i don't know I, that's a good question how much would thorn actually look into your history well i know where i came from which yes. was um, the northern part of this area. Yep. So I'm not sure if I'd know the other parts of this area. Meaning, but I was curious, how much would Thor know about the infernal side? Well, not much. Would he? Do you think he would have been very, very curious and therefore looked into? Because most tieflings tend to be within the jungles of Kush. He he, like he would have researched where, um, like, t- tiefling lineage was supposed to be, and and where where they are like basically originate from in general. But uh, I'm not sure if he was more focused on that or more focused on trying to find out reasons beyond that. Okay, so you would know then you would know of those villages, but you would know more about the large city of Nangui and how the large city is actually not far from where the the great walker remains in his suspended animation. So you you know, would know more about the politics of that city than you would of the villages, but you would know that that there's villages that are on the trade route. Okay. Um, uh, If it would not uh, upset you greatly, uh, it would be great if you could tell us um, the, the path to Nangui and, and possible civilization so we could, you know, get out of your hair and, and all that. They look at each other. Uh, sorry, someone else saying something? No. Norbert remains quiet. Clicker remains hidden. Yes. Okay. Is Norbert still paralyzed? No, 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 no. The, his paralysis was three hours and it wore off. It barely wore off just before your battle with the Tuscully. All right. Yep. Yeah, okay. And so while they're, they're talking to you, the large one frowns, the male frowns, and the female responds. Our role is to guard this path. We cannot leave without permission from Grandma Elmtwinkle. But uh, what is that all over that goo? What is she referencing? And she points at uh, uh, Volan specifically because Volan was in melee distance with the when Clicker basically almost single-handedly, single-handedly killed those Tuscali. So he's got some goo on him still. Are did, you going to respond, Ryan? Did we lose him? 
Is he gone? I see him trying to talk as the green went around his... his... But I can't hear him. He might have been because he had to step away. Uh, so I she references the, the Tuscali uh, viscera that's on Volan. Uh, let me just say we uh, ran into uh, some uh, aggressive uh, wilderness creatures and uh, had to think fast. And at that moment, she pulls out a um, what looks similar to uh, one of the herbalism pouches that that Norbert was trying to put the black tar in, and she says. No, the, the male says, Were you trying to collect a bit of the resin, were you? Uh, what, that uh, black goo coming from the flower? Not from the flowers. <laughs> you do not touch those flowers. You get paralyzed, you touch the flowers. The lilies. No, no, I talk about the Toscali. Oh, no, it, that, that was uh, uh, just a collateral damage, you could say. Look. And the female uh, interrupts him before he, continue, he can continue. You must continue on the path. We will let you by. You stand well, especially if you killed one of the Tuscali. But you must continue on, and I would ask... Take this pouch with you to give to Grandma Elmtwinkle. And what would be in this pouch? The male looks at her for a minute and he kind of puts her uh, his arm out to, to kind of, you know, put it in front of her chest as to indicate no. And she cuts his arm with her knife and, and uh, she, she says, Let it be, Bradosh. I make the decisions. Remember Glim. And he mutters and growls for a little bit, but he holds his tongue. Inside here, we harvested some of the Tuscali resin. Bring this to Grandma Elmtwinkle. Tell her it is from me, Odithu. Oh, Odithu? Oh, how, how do you spell that? Is the uh, umlaut over the I'm just, uh, first o. I was just sitting there thinking, do I say it in I, <laughs> in her voice? In, in Sylvan? <laughs> yeah, she says it in Sylvan. Well, Volan will understand and be able to translate that. I speak common. I know right common. <laughs> but uh, it's inside one of the comment bubbles, I think. At the Oh, no, because it's in Sylvan, you wouldn't know. Yeah, I don't understand. Uh, here is, here's their comment bubbles from earlier. So that is how her name is spelt. And his name is, is inside there. Pradesh and Udithu. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, thank you. Oh, Ditho. Um, we'll, uh, bring that, uh, to, uh, Elm Twinkle, as you say, uh, is she or he uh, another centaur, or is she something different? So, 
uh, Odithu at this moment, she's she's kind of like in a fierce staring uh, contest uh, contest with Pradesh, and she then holds up her her, her single finger and places it up in front of him, directly in front of his nose, and then she responds, "Your travel to meet Grand Elm Twinkle is not going to be an easy one. There's only one way on this path. It leads directly to her court." You will face a, a few challenges to meet her. But no, she is not a centaur like us, although we are very glorious. She is grandma. She is powerful. Alright. Good, good to know. Th thank you. Um, I do... Uh, Norbert, do you have anything to say? So what kind of challenges are we going to face on the way there? Very muted, by the way. Not enough volume? I don't know. It just sounded like you had something over the mic. Very muffled, like you're talking through something. Whatever you just did clearly changed it so it sounded much better, but it certainly sounded like you're talking through a shirt or a pillow. I've not changed anything. It sounds well, okay now. Yeah, it's a dynamic mic. If you're not basically eating it, it's... Um, she responds. Or uh, he would respond, and he's like... "'Tis not for us to tell what lies ahead. You must find way. It is only one path. Easy peasy, but the challenges you must understand and pass on your own. Okay. Uh, well, um, sounds cryptic, but uh, we'll do our best. Um, thank you for your help and uh, hospitality. Uh, maybe we'll uh, see each other in the future, and if we do, I will say hi but not in Sylvan. Tis common to trade. Have you nothing to trade? Um, hmm. I um, pull out one of the, the, the hacked off to Scully arm. Uh, would this advice? She looks at what you've got and looks back at the carcass that uh, she has hanging. Tis a wee babe compared to what I got. Hey, hey now, um, I, I wasn't going to uh, make any uh, size comparisons. And she looks back, kind of leaning her head to the side, looking back at your tail again, nods her head. Hmm. Clicker, are you still just hiding in the, in the, in the grass? Yeah, and she also doesn't understand a word they're saying because of their strong It's all accent. in common. I know. Oh, because of the so, accent. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She from from a distance. She has to keep a, a certain distance, and she she really doesn't understand much. So she's gonna have to ask the others later. So she had asked about whether or not you had anything to trade. I've got some zoo mushrooms. If that's of any use to you. 
so there were some you guys had a bunch that you had this stuff was the last handful that clicker took everything else was uh everything else was i think yeah it was completely desiccated and dried out so she dropped that so it was just this this last handful she took uh, they look at the mushrooms and the man, uh, the male centaur, he spits. That is not a gift. What is? What is? And he looks at you ag again. And he looks at you for a very, very long time. Yes, Odithu. I, what is it? Like a toad. What are you? I'm a turtle. Have you never seen a turtle before? This word you say, not common. Turtle. What is this word? I never turtle. hear. Turtle. He looks at Odithu, and Odithu is the same. She she shrugs her shoulders, and she asks, "Where do you come from?" Uh, an egg, I think. <laughs> I came from an egg. The, at, at that point, uh, give me the two of you because you're saying that. Clicker's too far away. If Volan's there and can use his dice, he can do it as well. An insight check? <laughs> well done. Uh, you see their eyebrows raise up and their eyes get very, very big. And uh, very quickly, um, the female Odithu turns st straight towards you, uh, Norbit, and she looks at you directly, facing you face on, and she says, Is this a joke? I have no idea what you're on about. You have... You are from egg. I'm a turtle. From an egg. Where... Where do your eggs... Where is... She looks at... Uh, the Lord Pradesh. Nest. Where is your nest? I don't have a nest. Uh, no, but uh, I think they're asking um, what location uh, within these great lands you come from, which would be nice because I don't think I know where you come from either. And the, the male and the female nod as they continue. They're both very clearly focused. Their, their body language is entirely focused on uh, on Norbert at the moment, 25 and 15, you can clearly see that they're very interested at this talk of an egg. Right. You don't say, that's all you say? <laughs> <laughs> I'm rummaging around trying to find the answer. Give me some time. Well, I think from your backstory, you probably wouldn't have a clue. Pretty much. So, uh, I, they wait and their their shoulders kind of slump a bit 
And uh, the female, she says, If you would tell me location of eggs, your nest, I shall give you my bow. I'd love to do that, but I can't tell you what I don't know. How you know, no. Home of nest. Everybody have home. I have home. You know, no. Yeah, I know that. How do you not know? Bah. They have nothing to trade. Just little mushrooms. I mean, I, I can uh, provide you a story if you're interested. The female looks at you and she kind of tilts her head to the side. Mm, no, not the story. I don't... Not the kind that cares to collect stories. Okay, well, uh, the only other thing I have, and he sort of ducks into his uh, backpack and pulls out it, the crystal ball. Uh, I don't, I mean, I can provide you this, but I don't know whether this is a fair trade. She looks at, at your proffered hand for a moment, and she responds. Your hand is empty. What do you mean, empty hand? That's nothing to trade. It's just joke. What, do am I holding a crystal ball from my? Yes. Like, does it look like I'm holding a crystal ball? Yes. Uh, well, that's uh, unusual. You cannot see that. Um, hmm. What do you mean? See what? You hold your hand. I see nothing. I pick up some dust or dirt from the ground and sprinkle it on top of the crystal ball. Uh, can you see? Uh, the dust hovering in the in the uh, air there. I see that you sprinkle dust. It's on your palm. While for you, from your perspective, and from Norbit's and Volan's perspective, the dust clearly uh, has covered the ball and is on the spherical side of the ball. All right. So, uh, oh, one moment, and um, I use how big's a crystal ball? Is it? Can I hold? It easily in with one two palm. hands. One palm. Okay. So I try and bring the uh, ball up to her. Uh, do you mind if I try and touch you with it? Oh my god. She nods her head in acquiescence. All right. So I try and push the ball against her her body and see if if there's um, some sort of you know uh, uh, force pushing back. Uh, do you feel that? Do you? She looks at you for a minute and her uh, eyebrows kind of drop down in, you know, a, a, a fiercer continence. And she looks at you and she responds. Is this a joke? Oh, my. Are you trying to pat me like a common horse? No. There's nothing in your hand. I'm not. Well, I wouldn't be touching her. No, I know you're not. I'm not trying to pat you. That would be rude. I'm just seeing whether uh, this ball, you can feel it. Obviously, um, this is very strange. All right. Um, uh, I have uh, this strange-looking uh, black feather. I pull, and I pull out. Give me an arcana check, Thorn. Sorry, an arcana check? Yep. 
In the meantime, Clicker sneaks back a little bit and then makes her way, uh, her way over to where this, this group is in a noisy way, as if she just came out of that direction. Oh man, I was just going to offer offer them your feather to say it was from an exotic <laughs> bird. It's not going to work now. <laughs> too little, too late. Um, okay, with that roll, uh, you recall that when you were in the underbarrows, uh, there was, when you'd opened that final door, there was the wall of water. And when Clicker dived in, she dived into that wall of water. When she came out, it looked like she was wet. And yet when she pulled you through that water, it wasn't until you were through that it be, you became aware of it was not there at all. Similar to when you were behind the double doors uh, in that room of observation and uh, Ona Ona and Nit were moving through the the room, the Salon of Prophecy, and they were moving around and they were knocking on walls and stuff like that. And never once th did they understand that there was a door there, even though you could clearly hear from your point of view when they were knocking on the door. It sounded very much like someone knocking on a door. But from their perspective, it cl clearly something was amiss. And you begin to think that you've heard of some powerful illusion magic, and you th you kind of think, oh, maybe there is something similar about this. Okay. So definitely um, something to play with later. Possibly. <laughs> All right, it I'm is good. some fey magic. She she looks over at you. I'm fey. I don't know what you're talking about. This is surely a jest. Look, I just wanted to know if you have something to trade. If you have nothing, it's fine. Valen pulls out a perfect pearl. No, not the pearl. <laughs> she looks at that. And she begins nodding her head, and you see Pradish is also nodding his head. And uh, once more, uh, she unslings her bow. And at that moment, then she looks over at Pradish and kind of you know, nods uh, her head towards him, uh, looking at his pike. And uh, he grabs onto the pike with both hands, and he holds it close to his chest. And she sighs, and she's like... Yeah. I will give you my bow for that pearl. Uh, and she holds the long bow out. Do you make the exchange? May I look at your bow, please, first? Okay. And she does. Yeah, he just does like a cursory examination. Yep. Uh, so it is... It looks like a longbow. It is very finely crafted. Um, looks really well made. It's certainly not from, say, the hands that you would be used to out where your tribes live. Clearly, it looks like a much better quality craftsmanship. You're not sure if there's anything magical about it, but it definitely looks like a very finely crafted uh, longbow. He nods. He says, yes, I accept. Okay. He does it in a rather formal manner. Hopefully she's approving of. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and Clicker comes out of the bush. So, as you're coming out of the bush, Odithu, with her front legs, she kneels with her front legs and she holds her longbow up to proffer the longbow to you. And she, she places the longbow in your in your hand and then leaves one of her hands out to accept the pearl. And when you put the pearl in her hand, she bows. At the same time, Clicker, you come out into the open, making making known that you you were there. And uh, when you come out, Pradesh once more he brings his pike up, and Odithu quickly jumps back up to her feet. She reaches a hand out for the longbow, but quickly pulls pulls it back, and nods. And who goes there? What is this? Is this another of yours? I'm Mick and I play Norbit. Hi, my name is Ryan, also known as Unlucky Geek on Mixer. I'll be playing the Trollkin Warlock named Valen. Hello, my name is Atua and I will be playing Thorn of the Tiefling Bard. This is Ivan, I'm 28 and I'm the community manager of Hammerdog Games. And I'm going to be playing Clicker, a Ravenfolk locksmith. And then there is me. I am Dagaba, and you're listening to a Crimson Nib podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Crimson Nib or at Facebook.com slash Crimson Nib. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please rate and review me on Google Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, good people, adieu.